And once you put on that uniform, there's never truly a time where you're off duty. You're always on call. You're always uh, at the mercy of Uncle Sam. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, every couple of years you're going to move somewhere as long as you stay in this and continue to serve. And there, there's a joy and a fun in that, but there's also a huge amount of stress. And it's not something that, you know, me as a service member, I tend to just kind of gloss over that. But I know how that makes Claire feel. I know how that makes her kids feel. And, I would, uh, just for the listener's sake, I would love to hear you articulate how you think that makes me feel. <laughs> let me back up and re-say, I think I know how that makes her feel. We talk about it a lot. everybody and welcome to the advice not given podcast each week we share unfiltered truth-telling conversations between two friends you're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for but wish you did we're your hosts kelly artis and claire wood of millspo gurus and this is advice not given and welcome back to episode 26 of the Advice Not Given podcast. We are so excited to welcome in the month of February. We're thrilled with some of the content that we are going to be bringing you. We have an entire month of uh, podcast episodes based around the idea of relationships. We're going to start today by talking about marriage. In the weeks to come, you'll be hearing from, um, from us and some actual experts on our actual advice segment uh, related to topics like parenting, uh, in-laws, extended families. We're going to be talking all about how the Enneagram affects us in our relationships. And Kelly, do you want to tell everybody, we actually have a very Mm -hmm. risque episode planned for the end of the month. What's it about? (laughs) (laughs) It will, it will be G-ish rated, we promise, but um, there might be something to talk about around our intimate relationships with others. Absolutely. Yeah. Other relationships. Yes. So back to back to the script here. Uh, we actually wanted to share something that's kind of come across our paths in the last couple of weeks. You know, Kelly and I have been uh, plugging away at this uh, Millspo Gurus endeavor for quite a while, and we are starting to gain some traction with some outside endorsements. And we had one that we were approached, a company we were approached by, but I personally have been a little embarrassed by the name and what they offer. And so Kelly was a little more willing to agree to hear them out on their <laughs> proposal for an ad campaign. But I was like, Kelly, can we just hold off on that? And instead, we actually in our newsletter this past month uh, introduced a campaign we we're doing in lieu of having this very um, questionable advertising campaign. <laughs> and what okay, we're wait, calling wait, wait, it- wait, 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 wait. Let me hold on, hold on, wait, Claire, go before ahead. you go into it. Let me just because we're gonna have people just dying to know. We're not gonna give out the name of the product because then they should just be paying us, right? right. Um but it is a male hygiene product. Yes. Um <laughs> it's nothing kinky. It's not like toys or something crazy. But um it, first of all, if you're interested, private message me, I'll let you know who it is. But <laughs> they were it's hilarious. The marketing is ingenious. It's so funny and so clever. Um, but yeah, might not be for all appetites, <laughs> including our mothers. Oh, it was yes. this <laughs> so anyway, got us thinking of how do we how do we compensate for being able how do we feel where do we get off telling people that we're gonna turn you down for sponsorship? So here's where we're going with <laughs> Right, exactly. Okay, so we so we launched the campaign in our newsletter for subscribers first, but we're gonna share it here. We're calling it 20 for 2020, and we're simply asking 
or 20 patrons to help us cover our operating expenses. And um, if you aren't subscribed to the newsletter, feel free to hit up our Milspo Gurus website and put in your email. You'll get the content there and you can see a little bit more about it. But uh, we wanted to share some good news that since that campaign is launched, we are now up to four patrons and we wanted to welcome our newest, (laughs) Julie Benson. Julie, we're so excited to have you partner with us and so grateful for your contribution. Kelly, tell everybody where you can find Julie online. Yeah. So Julie has, first of all, um, she's an amazing person and just awesome and supporter um, of ours and pretty much anything else other military spouses are doing. So huge kudos for you, Julie. Thank you for that. Um, You can find her at juliegbenson.com. Oh, let me fact check, double check real quick. But Julie actually creates these insanely gorgeous heirloom quality quilts. Um, So if you're in the market for just something that your family can hang on to forever, these beautiful baby quilts Mm -hmm. um, for like baby showers or somebody special in your life, um, it's insane. There's the quality is just so great, so beautiful, so like modern too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, juliegbenson.com. And her Um, her, her out, she's on Instagram. Well, her Instagram is juliegbensonhandmade. And I was going to say like I have a daughter, two daughters that are very into like crafting and quilting and um, not quilting, crocheting, but I show them her pictures all the time because she does, she does a lot of projects just on her own, but then she also takes commissions and does some mm-hmm. just unbelievable, unbelievable things. So Julie, thank you again. Yeah. Um, we're so excited to have you join our patron community and Kelly, tell everybody where they can find us on Patreon if they're interested in supporting the show. Yep. Totally. Well, you know, you can bounce out from our website. It's millspokegurus.com. There's links all over the place for supporting the show, but you can find us on patreon.com slash millspokegurus. So that's kind of our handle just about everywhere online. So uh, you can check out the tiers and options, but essentially for the cost of a cup of coffee, uh, you can support the show and help us reach our 20 patron milestone for 2020. Awesome. 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 Well, we're going to dive right in. We have a lot to say about today's topic and we're talking all about marriage. I can tell you, I can confirm because I've already recorded the interview. Our actual advice guest this week is none other than my own husband, Ryan. And there's a lot of, I feel like I'm having a little bit of a vulnerability hangover just from some of the things that we talk about, but it's a really good talk. Um, His work as a chaplain has informed him really on a different level than maybe just the average guy. So Hope you'll stick around to the end to hear that. But Kelly and I want to talk first about marriage a little bit um, broadly, but also personally. So Kelly, I'm going to start by asking you, how do you typically define what a successful marriage looks like, either generally speaking or in your own marriage? Successful relationships. I mean, I think that open communication is a good marker um, and a good something to, to aim for and achieve, you know, try to achieve is just to be open and transparent with each other, feeling like you can trust the other person. Um, being vulnerable with the other person um, is a huge one. If you feel like you can't, you're probably going to have problems. Um, and if you, what was the other? Oh, you know what? I think conflict resolution is a big one. Because mm-hmm. I think everyone, when we talk about marriage, we want to focus on the warm fuzzies and, you know, I want to grow old together and all this stuff. But the reality is, is like daily, you're kind of in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to know how to navigate that. And you need to know um, how to respect the other person's feelings and um, kind of flashpoints, you know, like don't push, push each other's buttons, know what the buttons are, know when you've stepped on it <laughs> and yeah. when you need to kind of pedal back and, and take some accountability and, and responsibility for that. Um, I think those are all having those tools 
um, and knowledge about each other kind of in your back pocket um, can help you get there. So what does the end result look like? You know, who knows, right? Like you can't model one specific example um, because everyone's different. Everyone's relationship is going to be different. But I think at the end of the day, if you feel valued and loved and appreciated, um, then that is a success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I echo some of those same sentiments. I definitely think the communication and the trust and the the integrity put forth by both people. But another thing that I feel like really defines a successful marriage is commitment and the fact that mm. you and I have talked many times offline that, yeah, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. It's a, a daily dying of self to like show up for your marriage. But you also have to come into it with the idea that this is forever. And like we are, I tell Ryan, you know, I'm not going anywhere. He knows yeah. he's not going anywhere. Um, yep. and, and that's a huge thing because I think so many people, the first sign of trouble or the first, you know, hump or difficulty, um, that divorce word is thrown out a lot. And when there's that lack of security, knowing that the marriage and the commitment and the relationship is like till death do us part, I think that adds in a whole layer or many layers of distrust, of fear, of, you know, all kinds of things that are not really conducive to having a successful thriving marriage. So that would be a big one for me would just be commitment. And then I think my other would be maybe forgiveness because yeah, we all are in the trenches and a lot of times we're not putting forth our best face or our best foot or our best emotions. Um, And so I think it can be easy when you know that you are in it forever to just disregard like maybe the way you're interacting with each other or say harsh things or mean things and think, well, they're not going anywhere, you know, But when you can begin with the end in mind that you're going to have a forgiving relationship and one where um, you try not to assault or, you know, (laughs) insult or fill in the blank, you're you're working toward living in a a type of marriage that welcomes forgiveness and restarts. So I think, too, I think you hit on something huge, Claire. I think a lot of us kind of fall into this trap, maybe, or this temptation of like imagining if the grass is greener uh, else elsewhere. And, um, that can become a super big problem over the long Mm -hmm. run if it's not put in check. Um, that could be anything from like, you know, we talked the other week about how keeping your house clean and you wish you had a house that looked like simple living magazine or whatever. Like we we're kind of inclined to envy, uh, Mm -hmm. as human beings, we're always kind of aspiring for something else or something different. And that can very easily slide into the realm of relationships especially with Instagram and you know, like, oh, you guys are such a cute couple and he loves you so much and you do these fun trips. And like my, my biggest, like for me, I see a post about a relationship and I immediately think there's trouble in paradise. Like right. just because I'm so like bitter and kind of salty about those kinds of posts and see it go wrong. A lot of times you feel like people aren't, they're bragging because they're overcompensating for trouble. Um, And they want to be able to like desperately hold on to the illusion that everything is fine. And because they're seeing someone else post, they want to, you know, post their own thing and whatnot. So um, just guys, be really careful of that. Like if you start seeing yourself like pining over a relationship that you don't have in order to commit fully to what you do have, you're going to have to like rid yourself of those sort of temptations. And maybe that's jumping off Facebook or Instagram. Like maybe that's taking a break and maybe that's um, focusing in on what it is that your end goal needs to look like. Like what, like Claire just said, like, are you in it for the long run? So yeah. 
<clears throat> Absolutely. You know, we've talked a little too about the five love languages and I know they're not for everybody, but the gist of the concept behind it is that we all have a way that we need to be loved. And that tends to be the way we show love to others, particularly our spouses. Um, so for example, I like a lot of quality time and acts of service. So that's how I show Ryan love. Well, he doesn't always necessarily need that as much as I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. He needs physical touch and words of affirmation. So that's how he shows me affection and love. Um, so right. there's always that disconnect. And I'm curious, like in your relationship, do you, whether you subscribe to the whole philosophy or not, but like, do you feel like you are constantly showing Andrew love the way you're really needing it? And he's doing that with you. And then, so there's sometimes that, like, have y'all felt that disconnect? No. Yes, absolutely. Like I'm super selfish. And like, I, 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 He's got, okay, let's do Enneagram. He's an eight and he has a connection to his, to a two, mm -hmm. uh, which is in the heart center or the heart triad. I'm a five and have no connection to the heart triad at all, um, at all. So I have a super hard time talking about feelings, but I think he's words of affirmation kind of person. Right. Um, so that's super difficult for me. Like, not only do I not know what I feel like I should be saying to him, but I have a hard time forming the words mm -hmm. <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. Without sounding like, you know, now I can, I have realized like I can write mm -hmm. down feelings versus mm -hmm. say them, right? I'm kind of, I don't know, just to embrace like a male stereotype. I feel like a dude sometimes in that way. Um, mm -hmm. So I have found that when I do take the time and like really express actual feelings um, in writing, it's a big, there's a big impact and a big payoff there. So yeah. And I'm like, acts, I think I'm acts of service. Like when he does something for me, does something for me, I'm like, Oh mm -hmm. my God, wow. Um, that was huge. That was, that was yeah. really meaningful. So, and he'll tell me things, which I don't hear because I'm not words of service or words of affirmation. Like I'm right. like, whatever that's just service. Right. It's so funny. Yeah. Like he's being so sweet and so gushy, but I don't hear it. Cause I'm like, no, but you didn't unload the dishwasher. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, Anyway, yeah, it's totally hard. It's super tricky. Um, it takes conscious intention all the time. And when you're tired and stressed, it's hard. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Over the years, um, as Ryan has done a lot of strong bonds retreats and marriage stuff, one of the things, and I don't know if he has come up with this, I doubt it. It's probably in some curriculum, but we think of the marriage relationship as a 50-50 endeavor. And I think to your point about how we're all really selfish and I'm doing for Ryan what I want him to do for me and he's doing for me what I want. Instead of thinking of it as a 50-50 relationship, we all need to be thinking of it as 100-100. Like I'm giving him 100%. And, and when I do that, he is so filled up. He He's willing and able, even in an unspoken way or an unconscious way, he's more willing to pay back the, the love, which... I mean, hello, we're human. We're all super selfish. So that's a, a real struggle for most people. Because I, I'm in my own defense, I'm like, well, I'm not giving 100%. I'm already giving 150%. You know, like we're always keeping score. And that can lead to a bad situation too. I I love that you just said that. And that actually just put that in a context that I'd never thought about before. Um, you know, we know... Okay, we read a lot of Richard Rohr, so Claire, you're going to hear me on this. I don't know if anybody else will, um, but if you haven't, you need, a out, you need a T-shirt that says "Hear Me Roar." Get it? I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nobody else is going to find that funny. No, no, <laughs> but, sorry. Go ahead. Um, 
No, but he has this, he talks about this concept of, well, it's, I mean, it's non dualism, right? But it essentially, he talks about the concept of Jesus to dump in, to jump into Christianity really quickly. Um, he talks about the fact that we try to comprehend him as like half human, half God, or half deity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that he is fully human and fully, um, right. you know, holy, whatever. So, and so putting it in that framework makes a lot more sense, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not sacrificing in any realm or arena, right. you're not having to accommodate another 50 percent you can be fully more than one thing um, right oh i love thank you for that i love well, that good good yeah well yeah i think it's just something that we get in the daily living of our marriages and of our relationships we get lost in that and i think maybe even more so as service marriages because there is sometimes a very mis mis placed percentage of who's maybe lifting the heavier load at home right, and who, right. you know, not, again, you can't go into it and, and live in that headspace because um, you're just going to stay frustrated. So yep. I think you just have to work, work hard. And um, another thing is just maybe try to remember like why you fell in love to begin with. You know, I think yeah. it's sometimes easy for me to pile on like my frustrations and my resentments and my, you know, whatever load it is I'm carrying toward Ryan. But when I kind of peel that back and I'm like, I love that guy. Like, remember I used to, I used to really feel a certain way, you know, like trying to revisit that and, and rekindle that initial feeling that you had and that initial. Well, yeah, they just have to deploy. You get the butterflies like all over again. (laughs) It's super true. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That is. That is. Well, one of the things we wanted to include in this episode is some of the advice that we have heard over the years, whether that's, you know, from grandma, from our parents, just the, you know, society's uh, terms and phrases that they use. So, Kelly, we'll start with you. Tell us some of the things that you kind of keep in your mind for like good, solid marriage advice. And then I'll share a couple yeah. of mine. Yep. Okay. So I have two and these may not be like the most important things, but these are just two things that A, I find funny and also have now, as I'm realizing, have influenced a lot of my, um, I guess my like social media sort of doctrine that I adhere to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, okay. So the first one is just good old fashioned, like don't air your dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, we don't talk about our relationship to other people. We talk about it with ourselves. If I fight with him, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I'll make occasionally come on a podcast and rant about <laughs> something silly, but we don't get into, we don't, we don't air our stuff with other people. Mm-hmm. A, it's nobody else's business. B, it's hard to pull stuff back, right? Because you're mm-hmm. in a relationship, you're going to hit bumps and you're going to like fight and you're going to forgive each other and you're going to move past it. But other people aren't as invested in your relationship as you are. So right. they might not move past it, right? They might have formed an opinion about your relationship that you now can't, have to deal with them kind of giving you like saltiness along the way too. Anyway, yes. So there is that, but to take that even a step further, (laughs) I've always heard and like kind of um, adhered to the fact that uh, you don't want to brag too hard on your man because you don't want to know what other, you don't want other people to know what you're working with. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay. So let me explain. I've always kind of felt this way and I never heard it like verbalized until a friend of mine told me that like her, you know, her grandma and everybody had, kind of like, this is a thing. Like people talk about this. Um, I think it was less stated in my uh, upbringing and more just an understood kind of secret rule. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't want to advertise 
that you've got this amazing, hunky, awesome man that does all these beautiful things for you because you don't want to risk like other people coming after him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's a, it could happen, right? Like, I have no, I'm like super jealous and, you know, kind of insecure in that way. So I never want to like advertise like, oh my God, he's so hot. Like he works out at these gyms and they'll use him as like, you know, Instagram posts and stuff. And I'm always like, can we not post that? Because he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> I get really jealous. I know. And like, I no, listen, Claire, there was one, they posted him doing something and all these girls in the comments talking about who is that? I was like, oh, back up, sister. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I don't go to that gym, whatever. So anyway, I I don't, uh, I don't brag on him in that way. And I'm sorry, honey, I know you deserve it, but I am too insecure to do that. And I don't want anybody well, else listen, to start that, that brings <laughs> up a, a good point because I think you can brag on him, but I think the proper place to do it is to him, right? Right. I think right. in this day and age yeah. with social media, we have gotten so caught up with like these mm. public hot stuff. My yeah. honey, so, isn't she so hot? Or look, he, look how hot right. he is. And um, not only... Does it do what you're saying, which is open the door for other people to be like, yeah, he is pretty good looking. But I think it also mm-hmm. sets us up to be publicly praising and in, in, instead of privately, not in addition to instead of. And that's Ryan's thing yeah. probably off social media that he's like, why, why do you need me or why would you want me to post something bragging on you on Facebook? He was like, shouldn't I be just telling it to you so you can hear it and feel it and know it? <laughs> And he makes a great point. So I think there is some validity there when you're talking about not posting things and, you know, bragging so publicly. But I think you do need to do it to them, you know, so they do hear it. But they're they're hearing it from you. Yeah, they're hearing it from you. Yeah, no, that's true. And I'm guilty because I hold, I withhold all across the board. It's not just mm-hmm. on social media. So yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Those are some, some good <laughs> solid pieces of advice. I'll start with a few. I have three. My first one is we use a phrase all the time called same team. Um, and that is when we might be in the midst of either an argument or just a discussion and things are kind of going in a wrong, the wrong direction. We can sometimes hold up just a timeout sign and say like, look, we're on the same team here. We want the same thing. We're fighting for the same things. We've just gotten a little sidetracked. So that's a phrase that we use often, same team. And we even use it within our whole family. You know, like if something's going on with the kids and we're not seeing eye to eye. And that's not saying we always have consensus on things um, in a Stepford kind of way. It's just saying like, let's get back on the, like focus on the main things here. And like the result is that we want something that's very similar. The other one is, or the next one is timing is everything. Um, And I talk a lot about this on this podcast, but don't approach your spouse with a, a situation that needs like very intense thought and conversation. Maybe when they first walked through the door or maybe if you both are hungry <laughs> and waiting until after dinner would be a better time to approach it. Or um, sometimes even just giving one another a cooling off period when something's gone on with somebody outside of your home before you start diving into it. Just to keep in mind that the timing of things is also an important consideration. Oh my God. And then my last thing, um, and this is something that we have heard like from the Bible, but it's the concept of leaving and cleaving. And I would tell you that Ryan and I really did not embrace that until about 10 years into our marriage. It wasn't until we moved away on our first military move that we were finally like separated from extended families. And even though those were very healthy relationships in a fight or during a, a lonely time or 
he would be off, you know, fishing with his dad or I would run over to my mom and dad's house. And it often left us in a place of not really dealing with things that he and I needed to deal with. It was just all these outs and um, really bringing in the opinions and the wishes of outside people instead of just saying like, no, it's us, it's me and you. And that's how it's going to be. So that's my final one is leave and cleave. Yeah, that's a big one. Cause to me, that looks like escapism, right? Mm-hmm. A, a coping mechanism coping. that is not helpful because nope. they're not getting anything accomplished. I'm just, nope. yeah, I love that. Nope, 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 nope. So let's, let's think through here, Kelly. What's something based on maybe our conversation something you've been thinking about, what would be your advice that you would give to yourself about your marriage currently? Um, yeah. So I've had like through, even just through the conversation, I'm realizing where I have some work to do. Um, I was filling out this form the other day and it was for this award, um, here in town. It was funny. The question was like, who has been the biggest influence on your life? I know that's like the classic question, right? Like you should just have an answer for that. And the, the poor guys, like they typically get this or, you know, with the service members and change of commands and all the speeches, I've given Andrew such a hard time. Like you better say me, like you have to say me, like you have to, like your mama yeah. is not in the crowd. Of course she influenced you, whatever. But like, I'm sitting there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't you say like, you know, Colonel so-and-such or no, me. So anyway, I'm filling this form out and I was like having such a hard time. And I was like, well, I should put Andrew. I was like, no, that's so cliche. Like, I'm not going to put my husband. And then I was like, wait, why not? Like, why wouldn't I put him? You know? Mm -hmm. And then I started to really think about it and like, kind of like actually kind of meditate on it. Like, okay, well, what has he been an influence? Like I'm answer the question as it's written. Has he been an influence? Not just like, I love my husband. Right. Um, And the answer to that is absolutely. Yes. hundred percent. So then when I started to actually kind of articulate it again on paper, right, instead of like trying to say it out loud, if I were put on the spot with that question, I would melt into a puddle. Like there's no way I could answer. But being able to think about it, I formulated, like, you know, crafted this response that it's like, wow, that's that was in my heart. That was there. I just didn't see it on the surface. So hang on. I think I, I think I hear the sounds of a chisel chipping away at the hard <laughs> <Owie>. exterior <laughs> <Yeah>. surface <laughs> of your heart. <laughs> I know, ow, it's like a sandblaster. Um, but I'm like, oh my god! And then I was, and then I got really kind of, I was sad, maybe convicted. Like, I don't know if I've ever said these things to him. Like, oh, that would really, that would make him smile if I said these things. So, what's probably going to happen is it'll get published in our local paper. <laughs> but I need to, and I, then I sent the form in and couldn't get it back. So I need to contact the people and say, like, hey, can I just have a copy of that? Like my answer, yeah. um, so that I could send that along. But yeah, so that's my advice. I'm going to um, try to be more concerted about uh, pointing out the good things as well as the bad things that are so, that so easily come to mind all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, anyway. that's really you? good. That's good, solid, tangible advice. I like that. Mine is going to be, I mentioned several times, we have a PCS coming up in the next few weeks, months, you know, down, down the road. And I tend to get really like my emotions and my feelings and my stress tends to just mount the closer that gets. And as it does for many people that often gets um, placed on my husband, the person I love the most, he bears the brunt of a lot of that. And so my advice to myself is to really just take a deep breath and kind of take each day as it comes and realize that all the PCSing things, all the pieces of that will fall into place that I don't have to get so worked up over it. And I definitely don't have to make Ryan my scapegoat for my frustration and my angst. 
because here's the, the, the bigger picture of that. We're about to PCS to Fort Campbell. Woohoo. And we will be, yes, yes, a move. We're moving. (laughs) Sorry, Claire. (laughs) To Clarksville, Tennessee. And that's going to be about three hours away from our extended families. And so for the first time in like two and a half years, we are going to be able to have like an overnight trip or two. And I, I don't know about other people, but a lot of times because it's so infrequent that we get to get away like that. When we finally do, we are bringing so much baggage that at least the first day or two is like this huge fight because we finally have this alone time to just air all the grievances. <laughs> so my, my goal is is daily, short term, but it's also with like a longer term yeah. you know, picture in mind that I want to take it, take it easy and not end up on the other side of this PCS just so spent that we can't enjoy some of these trips that we have planned and on the calendar. So that's my advice. Ugh. It's good and so hard, but yeah. Have you ever gotten mad at Andrew or y'all, like y'all had to blow up like when you've traveled? Like, is it just us or is there pressure there with other people? Like when you're, God, it's all, yeah, no, it's all yes, absolutely. Because well, the deal is, is like you don't often have time to just have these conversations, right? Like right. you've got kids around or they're sleeping or you know you're in front of other people because you're out. It, the times you're we we fall into this trap of like the group date all the time right. instead of just one ones. So no, that is not the time. And actually, it usually causes more tension, more frustration, mm-hmm. more fights, you know, at the on the back end of that. So it just all kind of accumulates and you sit on it. And you know, yes, I am 100% that girl that like blows up at the drop of a hat like I did this week. <laughs> like, I, I swallow stuff and just like hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. That doesn't help anybody. Certainly mm-hmm. not me. Certainly not him. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, we definitely. Anyway, poor guy. No, it's tough for you too. You're holding it all in. But I was just going to say, maybe as like a little bit of a tease for our conversation at the very, very end of the month, I do think that there is a a very strong connection between, like, for example, going on a trip and the expectation of intimacy, and how Mm -hmm. for most women, especially, but men too, there has to be a clearing of all of the things before you can be in a place of intimacy, whether that's physical or spiritual or emotional. And so maybe that's why there's such the delivery Ooh, of like, ah. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll table that for the, for the end of the month when we talk about sex. But um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of our conversation on marriage. And I know that you are really going to enjoy this interview I have with Ryan. I was really grateful that he, was willing to do it. He is an introvert on like the t- oh. highest tip of the scale. So he, it, you know, anyway, I was happy with what he had to say. So hopefully you'll Oh my God, that it just well. hit me. He's going to listen to this whole episode, isn't he? <laughs> hey Ryan, so. thanks. Well, thanks, for, I, thanks for taking the, taking the bullet on this one. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate it. Definitely. You. Um, you know, I, I have to tell you that for the first several months of our podcast, it was really bothering me because I knew he hadn't listened to it. And I'm like, I sit and listen to you preach every Sunday. How dare you (laughs) not listen to my brilliant podcast? Um, But I had just kind of decided, like, I'm not bringing it up. I'm not asking. Like, it is what it is. So about a month month or so ago, he finally was like, he made some comment that alluded to the fact that he had been listening. So he is one of our male listeners in that demographic. And um, yeah, he's I think he's secretly going to be really proud that he's finally on a podcast. So I mean, should be, especially. Hi everybody, welcome.
welcome back to this segment of Actual Advice. I have here in my fancy recording studio, also known as my laundry room, my husband, Chaplain Ryan Wood. Ryan, welcome to the show. Claire, it's good to be sitting here with you today answering your questions. <laughs> He's already told me it would have been nice to have these questions ahead of time so he can uh, like ponder them and think on them and come up with better answers. But I told him it's okay. This is very lighthearted. Uh, very conversational. So I'm sure anything he shares will be things that are helpful to those listening. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about, in your estimation, like what look, what does a successful marriage look like? Now, you don't have to talk about our marriage necessarily. You can, but just in general, like how do you define a successful marriage? Well, first and foremost, since we are sitting in the same room together, I consider ours to be successful. But I think it's because that we have some things that we do that lead to that success. One, I think it's the absolute commitment to being married, period. We chose that early on, that this this was the path of our life, that there was no way around it. Uh, so we do things like if we argue, there's never the threat of leaving. There's never the threat of divorce. So it's that, that bottom line commitment that's the foundation upon which we build. The other things that make a successful marriage are things that most people think about. They're having compatibility with things in common, things like faith in common, things like dreams in common, uh, families that you get along with. There are a lot of things that go into that recipe, but I think that commitment bottom line has to be there for it to be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Kelly and I talked a lot about that too. Like it, we're just of the mind that like you came into this forever at the beginning and there is no, there is no getting out of it. It's till death do us part. What would you say to the couple who may find themselves not feeling very compatible or they may have let distance or um, either physical distance, like deployment or just relational distance get between them? Like, what would you say would be a good way for them to kind of get back on track or refresh or kind of restart? Right. I love my job as an army chaplain because I get to offer an outside perspective to people who often find themselves in situations where they're they're not close emotionally, they're not close physically, and uh, it causes definite strains on marriages. So offering that outside perspective uh, can be helpful when the people decide to listen and uh, to apply some of the things that we tell them. So first of all, I'd say, you know, if you live your life based on feelings, nothing in your life is going to go well. Uh, if feelings kind of kind of rule your every day, then you're going to have one roller coaster of a life, not to mention every relationship in that life. So one, set those feelings aside. Feelings come and go just like anything else in life. Uh, Two, you have to be intentional about staying connected in whatever way, shape, or form that may be. The great thing about today's day and age is there are so many various ways, technology-wise, to stay connected. But I think for Claire and I, when we've been separated by distance or by time, the most meaningful way is old school. It's pen and paper. It's opening up something you get in the mail, whether it's to a, a mailbox at a school here in the States or whether you're deployed and it comes to that. APO address, but it's having something that you open, that you unfold, and that you actually read the words that Claire would write to me while deployed and how much that would make me feel connected to her. So you're saying there's something beyond just like a digital connection and a, a text or an email. There's like value in the tangible product of like a letter and the handwriting and the feelings that that evokes. 
Absolutely. Why is it that, you, that movies will do this? They'll go back in time and somebody will find a, a package of love letters written during World War II from their grandfather or their grandma. Hang on. Did you just watch The Notebook? Maybe or maybe not. <laughs> it was on the other day, but I had to I had to turn it or I would have gotten I would have gotten pulled in too deep. But there's right. a reason that that's there's a reason right. that that still it it, it pulls at us because we know what it's like to open something and have someone that we love, you know, share that with us on on paper. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Well, you've talked a little bit about your work as a chaplain. What are some of the other common things that you see stressing on couples, or like maybe things that you counsel with, or things that appear to just be common things that we all struggle with. Like how do you, what are some of those things? And then how do you coach those people through? Right. A lot of them are the obvious things to those of us that are in military culture. And that's the, uh, that's the constant sense of duty that you have to the job, to the time that it requires, to the places that it sends you. There's really no out of that until you totally leave the military. So having a, Someone in uniform that understands that's easy, but oftentimes it's the spouse and the family, the children that have trouble kind of understanding what that commitment really means. And once you put on that uniform, there's never truly a time where you're off duty. You're always on call. You're always uh, at the mercy of Uncle Sam. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, every couple of years you're going to move somewhere as long as you stay in this and continue to serve. And there, there's a joy and a fun in that, but there's also a huge amount of stress. And it's not something that, you know, me as a service member, I tend to just kind of gloss over that. But I know how that makes Claire feel. I know how that makes her kids feel. And I would uh, Just for the listener's sake, I would love to hear you articulate how you think that makes me feel. <laughs> let me back up and re-say, I think I know how that makes her feel. We talk about it a lot. But what would you, what are the things I've said to you? Well, for Claire, it's obviously that feeling of uprootedness. It's that feeling of starting over, of making new friends, of of having a new circle. Uh, The beautiful thing that we're finding is the longer we stay in the Army, that circle is where we're going next to because there are already people there that we've connected with. And so we're finding that those roots that we started eight, nine years ago, you know, they, they exist in more places than where we are just now. But you still are reinventing yourself, I think, is your phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's what I that's what I think you feel and what, you, what I hear from you. Yeah. And I think that I don't always do a great job of regulating those emotions because for me, so much of it is feelings. Um, so I'm trying to be a work in progress with your help. One thing to note here, it's a very unique thing to be married to someone who has lots of counseling experience <laughs> and training because we find sometimes we have to make that distinction between husband and wife versus patient, me, counselee, me, and counselor and chaplain. So how has that worked in our marriage in your eyes? I walk a very fine line just (laughs) just to stay in Claire's good graces. No, it's worked well. I want to be her husband. I don't want to be her counselor. I want her to see like the the care that I have is not because of training or what I do on a day-to-day basis, but the care that I have for her is because I love her and want to see her succeed in life and our family succeed in life. And I think we bring a balance to each other. She is Enneagram six, as you all know, by now (laughs) I'm a one. uh, So I like to tell her I'm the rational one in the family and she's the the feeling one in the family, Uh, but we make it work because we, we balance each other out in those ways. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what it means to be an Enneagram one. Cause we have not to date, we have not had a male guest on 
And um, I'm just curious, like how the Enneagram has been helpful to you personally, but maybe how you've seen it in our marriage. Well, I only know what you tell me about the Enneagram. <laughs> and I only know how you typecast me based on it. And the little excerpts of books you let me read. It just kind of confirms what I've known about myself. Uh, you know, the one is I love justice. I'm a crusader for righteousness and things that are right. And I get bent out of shape when things don't go the way that they uh, are supposed to go. Whether it's the laws of nature, the laws of man, the laws of God, it uh, it upsets me inside. So it, it's helped me stand back and recognize those things that kind of make me tick and uh, harness those in, in proper ways. But it also has allowed me to see you better in our relationship and to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling based on your type. And uh, it kind of helps me empathize with you better. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. We've said before, it kind of has given us a shorthand or vocabulary to to talk and communicate more efficiently at times. Right. And it's fun. I get to remind you that you're not supposed to type other people for the Instagram. You allow them to figure that out for themselves, (laughs) but often we find ourselves. Yeah. I just have given him some gentle nudges over the years. That's all. (laughs) Just gentle. If you are seeing a marriage that may be in need of some care and attention, what are some tips that you would give? Or maybe it's not even a marriage that's headed for something bad or dangerous, but like what would be your tips for a couple that just you want to kind of head off at the past trouble down the road in this military lifestyle in particular? Right. There's there's a few things that you can do, but I think it applies in any marriage, you know, regardless of the culture that that it finds itself in. I think, first of all, is that team aspect like Claire and I are on the same team no matter what. And how dare you try to get between us from the outside is we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder. We're going to make our decisions and our conversations are going to be in private about things. We're not going to expand that beyond us. So anything we face, it's going to be an us. I think that number one, then it goes back to what we talked about earlier with commitment is it's Claire and I against the world and all comers. And, you know, that's just the way we want our marriage to be. So first of all, it's remain team. Second of all, it's invest in yourselves. Mm -hmm. Never stop dating. Always continue to date. And you'll find there are times in your lives where that's easier to do than others. Uh, we're in a time where that's getting easier to do. Our kids are a Hang little on. bit older. High, High five, five for the audio. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we budgeted for, for date nights for you and I. And we're going to spend mm-hmm. some more of that budget this evening. We're mm-hmm. going to go eat some uh, some Mexican. We love that. So it's going to be uh, just invest in yourselves and uh, choose ways to do that. Be creative about that. It doesn't always cost money. Yeah. I like that. Well, on our interview or our conversation that Kelly and I had, we each shared a couple of adages that we had heard or maybe that had been passed down or like trigger sentences or phrases that we try to keep in mind um, as it relates to our marriages. So I'm going to tell you the few that I shared, and then I'd love to hear if you have any more as we kind of wind this down. So you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, but we often use the phrase same team, right? Like when we're in the midst of maybe a disagreement or an argument, we will often Come out like we're here. We're fighting for the same things, like readjust our our expectations. Um, Another one is um, timing is everything and how we've talked before that sometimes when we come to one another with issues and, you know, frustrations, like to be sure it's a good time, like maybe not right when you walk in the door or not when we're both starving and need to eat. And then my last one was leave and cleave, how we almost 10 years into our marriage had to finally decide that we were like kind of leaving 
in a healthy way, leaving behind like the bounds of extended family and like truly like joining as a team and cleaving to one another. So those were the ones I mentioned. Can you think of any other like kind of sage marriage advice or like catchphrases or things that people tend to hear that you like or you keep in mind as it relates to living with me? <laughs> yeah. And everything relates to living with you, which is a good thing. But uh, I, I, I'm going to piggyback on the leave and cleave thing, because I think that the Army was an incredible thing for you and I. And we've talked about this multiple times through the years, how our first assignment being 22, 23 hours from home did wonders for us mm-hmm. because it, it it's kicked us out of that nest. It kicked us out of that comfort zone and it caused us really to join together more as a husband and wife and as as a family than anything else could have done, I believe. So that that redefining who your immediate family is, I think is important for a marriage, especially in a military culture. You'll find that things will stress you out, like going home for holidays, like that draw of who do we go see, how much time do we spend, what's fair, what's equitable, what's just. And you find out if you're if you're constantly trying to please those that are outside of your immediate family, you'll never find the fulfillment in each other kids that that you could otherwise. So really redefining that family and saying, we are the ones that we have to take care of first and foremost. I think that's, you know, some of the best things that we have followed. And I've I've noticed just in the last couple of years that that's been something that we've, we've strove to do is, is not try to please everybody, but take care of you and I and the kids first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I've appreciated your influence on that because as my nature tends to be a pleasing type of nature. I have let myself get really spun up over the years with wanting to make sure. And the truth is, is like nobody else really has any expectations. They're all just grateful we're coming home, but I build it up to that. And so your peace and calm and level-headedness in that regard has been, it's been clutch. Sometimes it seems like I don't care about extended family, but I love them and love spending time with them. And if you're listening, you really know this. (laughs) You can hear my words, the passion in my voice. Yeah. So do you have any other advice, like any like parting words for our listeners who are married? Um, It's the month of February, kind of the month of love and Valentine's Day, like any just good, solid advice or reminders. Yeah. Don't forget it's Valentine's Day and your wife's birthday this month. So that's (laughs) that's two important dates that Claire and I both have. Now, I think we could talk for hours upon what builds a successful marriage. I'll just leave with this. And we talked about the team aspect at first, but it's, it's learn to fight fair. And I think that's a, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to be at odds. Some seasons of life, it seems like you'll be at odds more than others, but there are ways to, to argue and to be in disagreement that don't make you disloyal to the marriage. Uh, So fight with things that, that matter. Don't, don't bring up leaving. Like we said earlier, you know, don't don't fight with words that are, you know, they're absolutes. So you don't want to draw those lines in the sand and say this is how it is or else. So avoiding those is can go a long way to keeping peace and allowing reconnection after the disagreement is over, allowing that to happen a whole lot easier. Yeah, well, that's great advice. Good job. I don't. I didn't know how this was going to go for multiple reasons, mainly. Well, mainly because it's my husband and there's a lot of vulnerability here at stake. But also, this is my first time interviewing somebody face to face. Like it's normally over the computer. So it's kind of been nice, like to literally look you in the eye for this entire interview with a microphone between us. And uh, 
yeah, thanks for being on, Ryan. Yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. Definitely. Hey, I've already got you like penciled in for an Enneagram One episode. There we go. <laughs> so thanks a bunch. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given. <laughs>